Hey everybody, and before we start this episode, if you're listening to this podcast for the first time, I'm recording this right before the start of season two, and I'd just like to say that this is our first podcast, and we've learned a lot, and the podcast has improved a lot. Don't get me wrong, there's still lots of good content in these first episodes, but just know that they might be a bit more rough than our latest ones, so before you head out, if this is your first time listening, you should look at our recent episodes and judge us on those episodes because we've grown a lot as a podcast. Hey everybody, Richard here, and thank you for clicking on episode 12 of the Enlightened Investing Podcast, Bonds Part 2. In today's episode, we're going to be going over bond maturity, who issues bonds, the riskiness of bonds, and more, so make sure to listen to the whole episode. Happy Friday, and welcome back everyone to episode 12 of the Enlightened Investing Podcast, your educational podcast about the stock market. Once again, we have Mr. Remington with us today. Thank you so much for being here. So let's start off with what is bond maturity and how does it work? Okay, so bond maturity is the length of time that a a bond is out there until the principal needs to be paid back, all right? And because because there's some risk involved during that time period, the longer the time period, uh, or the longer the time period I have my money tied up, uh, the interest rates tend to be a little bit higher the longer the term of the bond. Okay, there's risk. Imagine a company. If I bought a stock, or I'm sorry, if I bought a bond in a company and it was a 10-year bond. Okay, uh, a lot can happen to a company over 10 years. All right, so they have to pay me for that risk. Whereas if I buy a bond for a shorter period of time, okay, my money's not tied up as long and there's less opportunity for something to go wrong with that bond issue. All right, so, uh, so bond maturity is, is something that determines um, risk deter- and determines interest rate. Yes, sir, perfect response. And now, how do bond prices go up or down? Do they work the same as stocks? Okay, so bond prices go up or down based on demand, okay, uh, based on demand and based on interest rates. Remember in our last, uh, in our last podcast, we talked a little about the inverse relationship uh, between rates and, and bond prices. Uh, bond prices go up or down based on demand and based on yields. All right. Uh, when the market is, is very uh, volatile, when the stock market is very volatile, Volatile bonds may represent a little bit safer haven. So that demand may go up for bonds during that time. But also during the interest rate changes, that's going to happen as well. Finally, as, as people get older, a lot of people tend to, uh, to, to move some of their assets toward bonds. So as we see potentially the aging of America, uh, we may see a little bit higher demand for bonds there, and that will drive up prices. So supply and demand and interest rates are really what are causing, uh, what are causing uh, bond prices to go up or down. Yes, sir. And I'm glad you brought up um, what time, at what point you are in your life. I mentioned that in, I think, episode two about depending on what point you are in your life and whether or not you want to conserve wealth or gain wealth. With bonds, a lot of it is about conserving wealth because there's not as much risk and it's safer, but you might not have as big of a gain. And a, st- and a steady stream of income, right? Don't have a steady stream of income with the uh, uh, with stocks, unless you're buying dividend stocks, which I do that as well. At, at my phase in life, I like the, the income stream. So that's what I'm looking at primarily. 
Right. And especially like when you're older, a lot of times when you're retired and you might not have, you know, a salary for your job, bonds are a great way to do that. So we just mentioned risk. Let's cover that now. How risky would you say bonds are when compared to trading stocks, investing in stocks, ETFs, and mutual funds? Gosh, so there, there are lots of there are lots of things at work. All right, the risk uh, the, the risk can be based on on who's issuing the bond. Right, it can be issue, it can be based on uh, my risk tolerance. If I'm willing to get a little bit riskier bond, that's fine. It could be based on uh, the term, as I said. Uh, and so those are, the, those are the big risks of bonds, right? And then the interest rate risk, obviously, is one of those. Now, the, uh, one, of, one of the beauties of bonds compared to stocks, okay, compared to mutual funds, compared to ETFs, is that there's a pecking order if a company goes out of business or that sort of thing. So I've got a corporate bond. There's a pecking order on how uh, or who's paid back first as the company goes out of business, right? As a bondholder, I get my money far ahead of stockholders, right? Stocks, you can lose everything, right? Bonds, for the most part, you can at least get a little bit back, all right? So that's, that's the big risk between stocks and bonds. Yes, sir. Thank you for that great response. So now, what data do you need to look at when buying bonds and selling bonds? Okay, so, so obviously, I, I think one of the biggest things that you look at is that what the rating agencies have to say. Okay, um, they, they, there were some problems with rating agencies back in 2008, but I think for the most part they cleaned up their uh, they cleaned up their game. All right, so uh, so that's one of the things that I would certainly look at. I would also look at uh, look at yield. Right? Is it is it a yield that you're acceptable with? One of the beauties, and I didn't mention that in our last podcast. One of the beauties of buying a tax uh, a tax exempt bond is that you need a higher taxable yield. To equal that, okay. Does that make sense? Yes, sir. Thank you. That's another of those tough ones. That's another inverse relationship thing, right? Yes, sir. Taxes, taxes is complicated. Um, and then one thing I will add to that is one big red flag to sell is, of course, um, since there's that inverse relationship, if interest rates are poised to rise, that means that bond prices could fall. So that might be a good idea to sell before they rise. So it looks like bonds are incredibly safe most of the time. To conclude this episode, is there a handoff that comes with that safety? If so, would you recommend bonds over ETFs, mutual funds, and stocks, or maybe a combination of them? I think a combination. You can't, it can't be a, a one-trick pony with your investments, right? You have to diversify. But as you get older, right, your risk changes. At, at your age, if you want to start buying, if you want to start investing, uh, then you can start with something very aggressive because you've got 60 years before you retire, right? So you can, you can ride out the market's ups and downs. Um, my, in my case, I've got five to 10 years before I retire. So I need something that's a little bit flatter in the risk, right? There isn't going to be as much risk. So, uh, so I think it's just so important to diversify your portfolio. I have a diversified portfolio. I think most, most investors do. Uh, and bonds are just a part of that. All right. And that is going to conclude episode 12 of the Enlightened Investing Podcast. Thank you so much, Mr. Remington, for being here today to talk about bonds again. We really appreciate it. Everyone listening, make sure to go follow our Instagram 
at enlightened underscore investing for sneak peeks and teasers. And feel free to contact our email, enlightenedinvesting at enlightenedinvesting.net if you have any questions. So that's all. Thanks for listening. We'll see you guys next time. Disclaimer. Neither the host nor the guest speakers can guarantee possible outcome or profit from our discussions. Our ideas and opinions are based upon reliable information, but in the end, their only expressions are our best opinions, and some of those opinions could be incorrect.